Well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Wow, that was convincing. Might, might need to try that again. Hey, my name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridgewater, and we are so glad that you are here. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to 1 Peter chapter 4. It's towards the end of your Bible. If It's towards the kind of the end of the New Testament. If you look at mine, there's just a little bit left there. If you don't have a Bible, um, you can pull it up on your phone, or we have some Bibles out in the foyer. We would love for you to take one. They're free, absolutely free. Just grab one, and you can have it because we want you to be able to dive into God's word for yourself, okay? Now, over the last couple of weeks, over the last five weeks, we've been walking through really the vision for Bridgewater Church. We talked about how God has called us to uh, realize that the, the fields are white unto the harvest and that we need to pray that God would send more people out, but that we also, in some ways, we need to be our own answer to prayer. We need to be willing to go across the street go across the room at work. You know, we need to be willing to build relationships and make invites because God wants to use each and every single one of us to help somebody else know Jesus. Over these weeks, we've talked about our values here at Bridgewater. We talked about last week just how how we believe that found people do find people. We believe that if Jesus has showed up in your life, it makes sense to talk to somebody else about Jesus, right? We, we believe that saved people serve people, that since God humbled himself, Jesus humbled himself and became a man and showed up to serve you and me, we are going to embody that same mindset, okay? We believe that, you know, we talked about life is better connected. We've, we've talked about these values, and I would guess that over the last couple of weeks, if, if you've been listening to God's word and, and been obedient to what God's word has to say, I would guess you've started to see some good things happen. But there's something else that I know about each and every one of you. I know this to be true about me and about you. When we start obeying God, sometimes, well, some tough stuff happens. You ever experienced that? Here's what I know about every single one of you. I know that you are right now either, okay, you are either walking through a trial. Some of you say, "Uh, yeah, that's me. You're walking through something tough. Maybe there's something difficult going on in your family, something that's hard for you to talk about. Maybe you're walking through something difficult at work. Maybe there's a relationship that's just broken and it's breaking you. You're either walking through a trial, just coming out of a trial, or you're about to experience a trial. Now, that's kind of a dark and depressing way to look at life, isn't it? But experience tells us that's true, doesn't it? Experience tells us that we kind of go through these seasons and, and you, you got to know, even if you haven't had a tri- trial for a while, something is probably on its way, which means when we obey God, we probably should also expect to wrestle with a big question. And here's the question. What do you do when things get tough? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? What are we as a, a collection of believers going to do when things get tough? Because if, 
if you have committed yourself to following Jesus and taking some steps over the last couple of weeks, if you've committed to start serving, to getting involved in a community group, if you've committed yourself to, sell, yourself to start inviting people, here's the thing, you better expect that something's going to come against you. I know that. And here's the thing. Those things occur. I, I've experienced it in, in other arenas of life. Um, I like to run. I'm not as disciplined as I want to be in running right now at this point in my life, but I, but I enjoy it. And there have been several times when I've signed up for a race. You know, you, you sign up for a race and you go get new training shoes or new running shoes and everything feels good. And then you, you go for the first couple runs. I signed up for a half marathon a while back. I started running. First couple weeks, I was like, this is awesome. At the end of week two, I hit a wall and I decided that I like to sleep more than I like to run. You ever, you ever felt that? Yeah, every day of your life. There it is. <laughs> You know, I got registered, I was all ready, I wanted to go, and I decided that it hurt, and I didn't want to keep running, and I faced a decision. What am I going to do? Because right now it's getting tough. And here, here's the thing, it, what we face in exercise, what we face in work, what we face in, in running is no different than what we face spiritually. When you sign up to follow Jesus and you start obeying, you'd better believe that you're going to hit some walls at some point. And it might get a little bit tough. Now, what I've found with running is that when we push through and we keep going and we have accountability, you can continue to grow and excel and you'll be ready for the race. But sometimes spiritually, it doesn't feel like that to us. Here's the good news. The good news is that Scripture gives us clarity. There's a couple of reasons. There's a couple of reasons why you face difficulty when it comes to uh, things getting tough. Number one, we have a sin nature. Okay, here's it's the reality. You have a sin nature, so when you start obeying, your sin nature fights back. Number two, we have an enemy, and when we start obeying. The enemy fights back. And number three, we live in a fallen world that doesn't love Jesus. So, of course, you're going to face difficulty. Now, if you're anything like me, when I face difficulty, I begin to think in my mind. I begin to think that difficulty means that God is upset with me. You ever felt like that? Okay, none of you are like me. That's impressive. That's, uh, that's, that's good. You guys are way better than me. I've started to feel like, you know what, maybe I messed up. And now difficulty's coming because somehow I, I, I messed up. I've started to feel like, like that frustration that, that comes when I get frustrated and life is hard, that ha- somehow now I've failed. Somehow I've done something wrong and now I've got this setback and and things are not going to go well. But here's the reality. Scripture tells us that difficulty, struggle, suffering is not a sign that God is disappointed with you. Here's what I want you to know. Difficulty is not 
It doesn't equal disapproval. Frustration does not mean failure. Suffering does not have to be a setback. This is the very thing that God's word tells us. Let me show you. 1 Peter chapter 4. In verse 12, it says this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. There's a couple of words that make sense to me. Fiery ordeals come. You've experienced them, haven't you? Difficulty and pain that, that, that crushing sensation, those things come. That doesn't surprise me that, that you've experienced this. But what does surprise me in this verse is that when Peter writes, Peter, uh, uh, one of the first leaders in the early church, he says this, don't be surprised when it comes. We should expect it. Don't be surprised when this fiery ordeal comes to test you as though something strange were happening to you. What you're walking through is not something strange. It's not God's disapproval. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't have to be a setback. It just means that God is up to something. In fact, look at verse 19. We'll skip over a bunch of verses that we'll come back to. But in verse 19, look at what it says. It says, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. A couple of things in this verse. Suffering can even be a divine gift from God. Those who suffer according to God's will, it's God's plan. He's doing something here. We can commit ourselves to our faithful creator and continue to do good. What's the point? Here's the point that we're going to dive into today. Even when things get tough, things are tough at school, you don't like your circumstances, you don't like the setting, you don't understand it, you've got a tough job, your boss is a jerk, even when things get tough, trust God, commit yourself to God, and keep doing good. And here's the thing. He tells us, don't be surprised that things get tough. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep obeying. And I know that that's difficult, and it's definitely different than my inward feeling. Because, if, again, if you're anything like me, I start playing the what-if game. You ever played the what-if game? Oh, it's a lot of fun. What if I lose my job? Things are hard. They don't like me, you know, living for God? What if my neighbors get mad at me, you know? What if my spouse leaves me? What if my kids, right? All the what ifs. What if I can't pay my bills? What if, what if, what if? When things get hard, that's what we start to do, isn't it? And yet the scripture calls us to something different. It just, it just says, hey, when things are get hard, remember who God is. He's a faithful creator. He's a faithful creator. Commit yourself to him and keep doing good. 
I'm so thankful that Peter wrote this section of scripture because in it, in the verses that we've skipped over and the two that we've already looked at it, looked at already, in this passage of scripture, Peter gives us four anchors for us, that when we start obeying God, when we are following him and things start to get hard, and listen, if we are going to be on mission here at Bridgewater, across the six campuses, if we're going to obey God, things will get hard. You understand that, right? Do, don't be surprised. But there are four anchors that Peter gives us that will hold us fast, four truths that will give us something that we can cling to and believe and stand on. And you've got to remember these. You have to put them in your mind because what happens is we go to the what if rather than the what about God. We play the what if game rather than the what about God. And what we need to do is we need to go to the what about God. So let me just walk you through these four truths. When you encounter difficulty, remember these four truths that show up in 1 Peter chapter 4. Here's the first one. Truth number one, following God does not make you immune to difficulty. Now, when I became a believer, I was a young person, but I would imagine that if you became a believer in Christ, or if you're even thinking about following Christ right now, if you're new to the idea of following Christ, I think it would be easy to think that, hey, if I put my faith in Jesus, Jesus is the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life, and, 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 and he's going to make things better, Right? Because this is the best life possible. And then if you begin to follow him and you start facing difficulty, it would be easy to think, wait a minute, I thought following Jesus was going to make everything better. I, I got to tell you, it, if you've been prone to thinking that, that's not what the scripture says, okay? I know you can find preachers who will tell you that you were, if you follow Jesus, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I I don't find that consistent with the early church, and I certainly don't find that consistent with the scriptures. God will bless you. God will sustain you. God will take care of you. But you cannot show me a promise that says you're going to be free from suffering. In fact, I would say if you begin to really follow Jesus, you're going to be more prone to it. You are not immune. Following God does not make you immune to difficulty. Go back to verse 12. Here's what it says. It says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you. God has a purpose in this. He is testing, trying, probing, checking out your faith to see what's really there and whether or not you are going to be able to be used greatly of him. Frankly, you can be, but you're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to wait and walk through the fire. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Following God does not make you immune to difficulty, friends. I had a friend, his name was Larry Hardiman. I met Larry about 17 years ago. Larry became a, a believer in the Marine Corps. He was serving, uh, serving in the United States Marine Corps in Okinawa in the 60s. 
And while over there, he and his wife, they had their first child, and they got involved with a group of people who were having a Bible study, and he put his faith in Jesus on foreign soil. He came back, got, got out of the Marine Corps, started working in the post office. His schedule took him, uh, kept him really kind of away from being engaged very much in the church. And when I met Larry, he was probably uh, about 70, eh, 65 years old. He was getting ready to retire from the post office. He was living comfortably, life was comfortable, but his faith was nominal. He was coming to a church that I was involved in. God started stirring in Larry's heart. I don't know what it was. I can't pinpoint everything about it. But something changed in Larry. Something changed about seven or eight years ago. And it happened right around the time that Larry was diagnosed with cancer. And then shortly after that, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Larry started showing up for church. He, this man could barely walk. He would take his walker all the way to the front row, sit in the front row, and force himself to stand up with Parkinson's. You understand how difficult this is, okay? He would stand up in the front row, and he'd be up there clapping and cheering and, and all sorts of stuff. And then afterwards, even though his wife didn't know that he was going to do this, he would invite all kinds of people over on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Often, they would have to go to the store and buy extra food on the way home. He started inviting people over and encouraging them and talking to them about Jesus and inviting people to our church. But you know what happened? I started watching Larry obey Jesus but keep going downhill. I watched him get worse and worse and worse. And the worse he got, the more he loved God. The worse he got, the more he told people about Jesus, the worse he got, the more he was praising his Savior. Why didn't God spare him? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Larry taught me that I cannot live for comfort or self-preservation because the bottom line is that following God will not make me immune to difficulty. In fact, following God probably puts me in the crosshairs. And you too. Larry taught me obedience over self-preservation. And when we give ourselves to obedience over self-preservation, God does great things. Now second, look at what else Peter says. Verse 13. But rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Verse 14, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and God rests on you. Here's what he's saying. We should rejoice because when we're suffering, we're actually joining with Jesus. We're on board with Jesus. We're showing that our lives are in line with Jesus. We're participating in the sufferings of Christ. And when we do that, there is a blessing that God is with us. 
See, the, the common theme is that suffering is a setback, but that's not it. Suffering may actually be a step up, not a setback. It may actually be an opportunity for you to be more greatly used by God and to impact your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers. But if we are constantly doing anything and everything we can to avoid suffering, what might we be missing out on? What might be we be missing out on? See, if you insulate yourself so that you're never uncomfortable, I'm going to tell you, you won't grow. If you protect yourself and pad yourself so that you never face difficulty, you won't grow. We know this about kids. This is why kids need to be outside and run and jump and, and they face difficulty and opposition because it forces their bodies to get stronger. Why do we think we're any different spiritually? Peter knew it. Don't be surprised. You're actually joining with Christ and he's blessing you. This is a good thing. God is up to something good. Suffering might be a step up, not a setback. You know, it was true. This was actually true for a man named Paul. A man named Paul in the New Testament, he was a, he was a, a, a man who came to know Christ later in life, and he started traveling the Mediterranean and telling people about Jesus. And he had this difficulty in his life. We don't know exactly what this difficulty was, but 2 Corinthians 12 describes it. Look at what it says in verse 7. It says, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded, he says, to, for the, with the Lord to, for him to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is, suffi is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Peter said, or Paul says, this pain, this suffering, this difficulty showed up in my life to make me more like God and to teach me to depend on God. The stuff that's going on at your school the stuff that's going on in your life is not by mistake. God is showing up and calling you to depend on him, to trust him, to wait on him. Because it's in our weaknesses, in our insults, in our hardships, in our persecutions, in our difficulties. When we walk through those things and we depend on God, that's where we find real strength. Your suffering is actually a step up. Peter actually talks about this as well in a different portion of 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he says this, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Verse 7, These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. And so often, I've just found that we do anything and everything to steer clear of difficulty. But what if God is upping your game through it? What if God is doing something through it? What are you going to miss if your goal is to be comfortable? A little over a year ago, 
I got a phone call. Actually, a guy sitting in this room, Brett Bixby. And he called me and he said, hey, uh, I don't know why, but my dad said I need to call you. And we need to talk. And so we talked. And God used that phone call to begin a relationship that led us to land here at Bridgewater. And in the process, one of the themes that came up for my wife and I over and over was the theme of being uncomfortable. It was, it was mildly uncomfortable to pack up our house of 17 years. Okay, mildly is putting it mildly. Zero out of ten I would recommend moving across the country. <laughs> it was mildly uncomfortable for us to leave our ministry of almost 18 years. No, very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable for us to take our kids out of the school, the only school that they've known, where we knew all the teachers, and we knew everybody, and they knew everybody, and they knew the track, and they had their friends. It was incredibly uncomfortable. And you guys have made it wonderful here, but it's still uncomfortable. But you know, we're here because we believe that God is up to something. We're here because we believe God is not only going to use us, but use you. We're here because we believe that God has a good future, and we decided to embrace being uncomfortable. Now, I wish I could tell you I liked it every day. I don't. But God is in it. And God is good. And God is going to do good things. If you flee being uncomfortable, you will miss out. God is up to something. Some of you got baptized recently. If you begin to follow Jesus, you're all in. And then you experience difficulty. It's easy to begin to think, maybe this is dumb. I'm going to walk away. You got involved in serving and things started getting tough, so you're pulling out of serving. Your marriage, you, you started following God and your marriage got tougher, not easier. You're thinking about giving up on your marriage. I'm telling you, God is in the difficulty. Don't give up. Third, truth number three. Struggling, difficulty, pain is not a license to sin. Look at First Peter verse four or chapter four, verse fifteen. It says this: If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. A couple of things. Peter's saying, don't suffer because of your choices. Okay. You understand, I tell my kids all the time, you can make your choice, but you can't choose your consequence once you make your choice, right? You can choose, but as soon as you choose, the consequence is done. Lots of times people want to say, oh, life is so tough, my marriage is terrible, I'm really suffering in it. Is it so terrible because of the way you speak to each other? Is it so terrible because of the way that you treat each other? Is that, is that suffering or is that a consequence? Lots of people want to say, I, I lost my job. Life is so terrible. Why did you lose your job? Because you didn't show up on time. Don't suffer because of that. Okay? That's different. 
That's not what our suffering should look like. But there's a second aspect that I want to share with you. I wonder how many times when we suffer, our response is to begin complaining. Things are tough at home. Things are tough at work. How do you respond? We complain. Your suffering is not a license for you to complain. It's not. Our suffering is a time for us to trust and to wait and rejoice. Suffering is not a license to sin. Fourth, suffering may produce opportunities for the gospel. Look at verse 16. Here's what it says. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. He's saying, don't be ashamed because God's up to something and he's showing off who he is. You're bearing the name of Christ. When you are at work and things are tough, people are mistreating you, you are bearing the name of Christ. When things are going on and there's suffering in your family, you are bearing the name of Christ. It is going to be an opportunity for you to help other people to know the Lord. I think of Johnny Erickson Tata. Have you ever heard that name before? If you haven't, Johnny was a very healthy young lady, 17 years of age, very athletic, um, loved the Lord. And at 17, she dove into the ocean, and she dove into a place where it was uh, not very deep, and she hit her head, and she broke her neck, And just like that, Johnny was a quadriplegic. The next two to three years, she spent time, you know, recovering and and, uh, going through all sorts of physical therapy. And over those two to three years, she, she started to face doubts and depression, right? She started to struggle. And in the midst of it, God showed up and met her there. And started opening doors for Johnny to tell people about Jesus. Now, she has, I mean, this woman has been all over the world telling people about Jesus. She, she, does, uh, she does incredible artwork. She's written all kinds of incredible books. How did all of that happen? It happened when she saw her suffering as an opportunity to point people to Jesus. She wrote a book recently, it just came out. The book is called Songs of Suffering. And she told a story of a woman named Barbara Brand. Barbara has MS and a number of incredibly difficult uh, physical ailments. Barbara said this, she, she has to have these terrible injections in her brain quite often. Can you imagine that, right? She wrote this, whenever the needles sink deep into my head, the extreme pain brings into sharp focus Jesus and his crown of thorns. The image calms my heart, but best of all, it binds me to his love. I picture my Savior yielding to the spike-like barbs, wholly embracing his own suffering to rescue me. So when needles plunge into my skull, my heart is cheered, knowing that he is beckoning me into a deeper sanctum of sharing in his sufferings. Wonder of wonders, in some small measure, lowly me gets to identify with and enter his grief. 
The Bible tells me to be an imitator of God, so I get to imitate Jesus and his glad, and his glad willingness to submit to the Father's terrible yet wonderful will. It's the only way I can, through Christ, do everything, even these awful injections. Friends, when you are walking through difficulty, we need to remember that it's producing opportunities for the gospel. I wonder, do do you personally have a relationship with Jesus? Are there things going on in your life and you're wondering, what God, what are you up to? You need to know that God is for you and not against you and that he is available. That if we will turn to him and put our faith in him, as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, he will save you. Now, what do we do? Look at the last couple of verses. Verse 17. For it's time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? What Peter is saying is this. The suffering that we face right now is much less than what is to come for those who don't know Jesus. So we need to keep going. So here's what we do. Back to verse 19, okay? What do we do? Verse 19 tells us. It says very clearly, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. The scripture calls us to trust God and keep doing good. I'll leave you with a simple story. A couple of years ago, it was a snowy, rainy day in Kansas City, I look out my window and there's this giant field on the property at at the church there. And there was someone in a vehicle burying their truck out in the snow and mud. My first response was, what in the world are you doing? He was stuck. I mean, this is a landlocked area. You had to try to get back there, and he buried his truck back there. I wanted to be upset, you know? So I go out there, and I start talking to the guy, and his name was Kyle, and I find out Kyle was actually on our property trying to cut trees down. <laughs> like, what? what are you doing? He, said, he started to tell me his story, and he said, well... Here's the deal. I lost my job. I have two kids. My power is shut off, and it's cold. He lived on a border to the property. He said, all I could think is that there were trees out there. I need wood. I have a fireplace. I got to keep the house warm. Now, here's the deal. I wasn't suffering in that circumstance, but it was frustrating frustrating that somebody was out there and he buried his truck and he's also cutting down trees that don't belong to him and 
But you know what? God was up to something. I got to go get a tractor, pull him out, and I said, come over here. I have a pile of dry wood. Take all the wood you want. Do you know what happened to Kyle? His life was a mess, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff. Little by little, Kyle came to know Christ. His ex-wife came to know Christ. I know at least one of his little girls came to know Christ. If we had stopped in the midst of that and just yelled at him and said, get off the property, that wouldn't have happened. If in the midst of our suffering and in the midst of our difficulty, we respond sinfully and poorly and forget that God is up to something, you're going to miss out. And I don't want you to miss out. Let's pray. Father God, please help us to commit ourselves to you, to trusting you and obeying you. God, I pray that you would help us to believe that you are in our suffering and you're at work. I know that there will be people this week who will walk through difficulty, people who are a part of this body who will walk through difficulty. Please give them strength. Give them eyes that will see that you are up to something. Help them to walk by faith and to say, I will trust that God is in this. Help me. Help me when I'm frustrated and discouraged to remember that you are at work. We pray in Jesus' name.